Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Latter Day Takes, episode 99. That means only one thing. Episode 100 is coming up next week, and I already have a plan for it. Not sure exactly the details of the plan yet, and hopefully I can follow through on it. It won't be anything too crazy, but it will be an interesting one, I think, and it'll be kind of fun one. Anyway, on today's episode, we have the new segment, including a Jonathan Tavernari weight loss update, because he's giving those on Twitter, which I love, a delicious vending machine treat being discontinued, and more. Then we get into the hypotheticals segment with the Cutler brothers, Jake and Josh, return to the podcast once again to give out some funny hypotheticals that we discussed for about an hour. Once again, entertaining, having to eat a hot tub full of peanut butter, crawling everywhere for six weeks, and knowing you were going to die in six months, but couldn't tell anybody, tell anyone, among other scenarios. And then I close out the episode with news from the White House and a gospel thought. Kick it on over to Mr. Joseph Rogan. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, oh, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's dive right in. As I have said before, I don't love necessarily giving news updates like hard news, you know, stuff that you're seeing on Twitter all the time or Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, all that stuff, because for the most part, it's just pretty much negative. It's supposed to drive reaction, drive, you know, people to look more deeper into things and I don't know, just kind of fear mongering altogether, right? So anyway, my news updates, I think, will generally be more positive and light. That's what I'm going to try and do at least, but we'll see. Maybe maybe the negativity will get the best of me sometimes. Who knows? I'll try not to. But anyway, so Friday night, I'm coming back from Orem playing uh, pickleball, indoor pickleball at that um, Pickleball USA thing. Pretty cool. Like It's like nine bucks to go play open court and pickleball, and it is pretty dang competitive down there. It is a lot faster pace than what I was used to, but I had a, I had a blast down there. I was with, there with a couple buddies and um, Anyway, I was on my way up. It was pretty late. It was after midnight. And I'm noticing, I'm like, this freeway seems busy. This is weird. So I kind of thought that was weird for as late as it was, but whatever. Didn't really, I'm not even sure if it was related to what I'm about to tell you, which is as I got past the point of the mountain, as I'm getting closer to uh, the I-215 junction where you can go on the belt route, either east or west from I-15 headed north, um, I noticed that they had a lot, huge slowdown of traffic, and it's like, ah, crap, well, this sucks, because I am just want to get home, it's late. So what I'm seeing further up the freeway is one of the, the cops doing that thing where they swerve and go really slowly to slow down traffic so that all the cars have to be behind them, and they're just swerving back and forth through the lanes. I've seen that a bunch of times. It's really frustrating, because you're like, what's going on? But generally speaking, it means that there's a big accident that happened, right? You're kind of thinking that something devastating happened up the freeway further up, right? It's very possible. It's kind of what we were thinking. I mean, I say we, but I was alone. I'm assuming a lot of people thought the same thing that I did. And 
a lot of times you'll see cops do that so they can pick up debris and things like that. So there's not a lot of cars on the freeway, obviously, or passing. And so they can just kind of clean things up, get things situated, and then traffic can continue as normal. Well, I was naturally kind of getting off of I-15. So fortunately, I didn't have to wait that long. And I'm getting on the junction to 215. And that happens around 90th South. So as I'm going on that junction, I'm still heading north. And I look down below and I'm seeing all these cars all of a sudden going up this ramp. And I'm like, what is this? They're like these big things all of a sudden appearing. And it turns out I see this huge glittery float being towed. And it says, Mill Creek West Second Stake Beehives Love Pioneer Day or something along those lines, which I thought was kind of hilarious because what it was was just as far as the eye could see, there were floats being towed by these trucks getting on I-15 heading north. And what they had was essentially a police escort to get where they needed to be that night before the Pioneer Day Parade. And I was just thinking, wow, you do not see that every day. Just floats forever. And I'm thinking, wow, that is really unfortunate to be coming home or late at night, you know, midnight, and having to be stuck behind a bunch of Pioneer Day floats that are going to be on display for the weekend for Pioneer Day celebrations. Anyway, thought I had to share that. That was funny. Anyway, we got a ta- Jonathan Tavernari weight loss update. So if you are an avid listener of the podcast, you know that I've kind of got this rivalry sort of with Jonathan Tavernari. Now, granted, he would just look at me and be like, oh, you're too insignificant for me to have a rivalry with. And you know what? Maybe he's right. But with that said, I mean, I've, I, it's it's worth noting that there have been some episodes where we've covered Jonathan Tavernari and his idiocies him openly talking about how young men shouldn't serve missions if they have a better chance in sports. And it's kind of like, well, that's a really hot take and you need to defend it if you really think that. Don't just come out and say that, but like really back it up. And his whole point is that you can you can serve the church better through your athletic prowess, I guess. I don't know. I think he's I think he's crazy and delusional in that regard. Well, in a lot of regards, quite frankly. But anyway, he's been public about his weight loss update. So he was at 344 pounds back in early June, and he posted a picture of himself with his shirt off. 344, gained 104 pounds in three years. High blood pressure, high risk for apnea and diabetes. He's making a change, and he was getting a Twitter behind him to kind of help motivate him and also keep him accountable. Well, the update is that for the first time in almost a year, he gave this on Sunday, I believe. So yeah, just just last Sunday. Uh, He's under 330 pounds. Been challenging and disappointing, exciting and frustrating and emotional, and probably another thousand feelings. Hashtag JT's journey. There you have it. So, our man is making progress. JT for three, doing what he. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. At 43JT. And if you're not familiar with who Jonathan Tavernari is, he played on BYU's basketball team during the Jimmer era. And his claim to fame is that he benched himself his senior year so that Jimmer could. Um, start making strides as a junior i believe which is like i'm not sure how much i buy that quite frankly because jimmer was jimmer even by his junior year we already knew he was really good so i don't think he was i don't think anyone was going to stop jimmer from starting anyway that's the jt update so we'll give those as we see them because i can't help myself all right other things that i saw that i thought are worth noting uh zach wilson's teammate tight end cj uzama showed up to training camp for the new york jets and he was wearing a shirt that a fake cover of Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and lo and behold, it was a picture of Zach Wilson. Obviously in reference to the shenanigans that Zach Wilson has been partaking of that have made 
waves of national news. And I thought that was worth noting because C.J. Uzama is a man who knows where his bread is buttered. Given his QB major props, I can't imagine, or I can only imagine how flattered Zach Wilson might be to see something like that. So needless to say, that guy might be getting a few more targets than he normally would have this year. So good job by C.J. Uzama in just playing to his strengths. Lastly, I've got some devastating news that I want to share. And that is the Choco Taco has been discontinued. If you're not familiar with the Choco Taco, I am very sorry for you. It is a dessert ice cream type taco with chocolate, and it's just incredible. It's it's basically a drumstick, but shaped like a taco and a lot more chocolatey and absolutely incredible. My little story of the Choco Taco, I think the last time I had a Choco Taco, it was probably in 2010, and we were, I was coming back from St. George with some friends. And I remember we were getting into Nephi and we saw those terrible J.C. Mickelson billboards, if you, know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about. It's like they advertise this restaurant that is in Nephi and it's J.C. Mickelson's and it just looks so bad. It's like anybody that goes to the restaurant after seeing that billboard and seeing how that food is displayed, like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think I could ever trust your opinion on anything if that's what drives, drives you to that restaurant. Maybe it's a good restaurant, I don't know, but that billboard does it zero justice if that's the case. Anyway, so we're driving into Nephi, we're kind of making fun of that billboard, we pull off for some gas, and I see an advertisement for Choco Tacos at the gas station, I was like, oh my gosh, remember these? We had these in high school, and I was with a couple of high school buddies. And one of my buddies who was there like wakes up from a nap and he like heard me say Choco Taco and he's like, dude, let's get a, let's get a Choco Taco. You want a Choco Taco? Let's get it. Let's freaking, let's get an effing Choco Taco. And it just was amazing because as soon as he was just like perked up and ready to get a Choco Taco and get one for all of us, we were just like, yeah, this feels right. So we all had our Choco Taco and it was incredible. It was a great, it was a great idea on his part. It was my buddy, Jordan Anderson, no relation to me. Anyway, uh, Fun times. I think it's really interesting when we think about the Choco Taco because, like I said, the last time I had one was 12 years ago. I haven't had one in forever, but I still don't want them to leave. Now, why is that? Why do we love so much of what we can't have? Remember when Hostess said they were going to discontinue Twinkies? There was an uproar, and myself included in that uproar. I don't think I've even had a Twinkie since they said they were going to discontinue them. I think I had one around that time because it's like, oh no, we're never going to have them again. But have I had one since then? Nope. And my life, I'm telling you, would not be different in a single way imaginable if we just sat quietly and allowed Twinkies to be discontinued. No chance. But I haven't learned my lesson because I'm truly going to miss Choco Tacos and I'm truly sad that they're going to be discontinued. And you know what? Maybe that's why I'm still not married. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Joining me on the pod, once again, returning, are the Cutler brothers, Jacob and Joshua, fan favorites. Uh, people have brought up the hypothetical episode that we did, I don't know when it was. It was, was it over a year ago? I can't remember. It's been a while. I don't remember either. It's been a while. 
maybe not quite a year, but um, one of the questions has traumatized my brother, actually, who's brought it up repeatedly, and it was the tail question. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah. Wait, which brother is traumatized by this? Dominic. I love that. Yeah. What, he was like, I question? can't believe, he's like, I was so grossed out by that question. Which tail would you want to have? if you had to grow a tail. Yeah. There's something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember how we, what we landed on there. Um, you know, I think, I think we kind of, I think we kind of figured the rat tail was the best option because you could hide it the best. But at the same time, you could be really utilitarian about the specific tail that you chose. Like a kangaroo tail could do some real damage on people. <laughs> rat yeah, tail is also the violent person. Yeah, yeah, it is. Anyway. And and the the second someone finds that out, I mean, can you imagine that moment when someone sees your rat tail <laughs> for the first time? Yeah, well, uh, we can we leave we can, you know, we can leave that one in the past for Dominic's sake. Okay, sorry, sorry, Dominic, you're listening to this one. Um, okay, so let's get right into it. I mean, we can hopefully count on uh, similar questions. Now, with that said, Jake, you did give us some of these in advance to kind of like think about. I don't know if that'll be better or not. We'll play with that because I'd obviously like to do this again. So. If it's yeah. if it seems to work out this time, because I've thought about some of these, but I know you have one that you have not given us that we will get at the end. So let's go ahead and open it up. Jake, take it over from here. All right. Here we go. Question number one. To win $20 a day on Amazon for two full years, and it's use it or lose it, so you can't roll over. If there's a day that you don't use the 20 bucks, it's gone. So to win $20 a day on Amazon for two full years, would you step into the batter's box against a major league pitcher if hitting a pitch in fair play was the only way to get the prize? And once you stepped into the batter's box, you couldn't leave it until you hit the pitch, no matter how long it took. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I actually forgot that it only lasted two years doesn't really change the question that much for me though and as you were asking it I think I thought of why I'd do it for one it doesn't seem particularly challenging to me now I'm not saying I could go out and do it in 10 minutes I think I could maybe do it I think it could take me maybe a few hours I think you just kind of get lucky after that long I think so I mean unless we're like unless the like he's getting tired right I'm assuming so like I don't. He's not going to be throwing me heat the whole time. And yeah, if you say you said in play, does it have said to... in play? So it yeah, could be it like a, be in play. a glorified bunt, you know. But that's a good point, though. Harper. Is it is it a single pitcher, or can we do we get the full bullpen? Full bullpen. <laughs> They're always fresh. <laughs> They're always fresh. Okay. But even I mean, then, and you can take a play. break. Like you could take a break. You could sit down. You could Sit have them down in the batter's box. <laughs> yeah, like have a this sandwich. could be this could be a days long thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, something I, I would though. I'd make contact. I would. I would definitely do it. Would you? Well, and, would and you try to like hit it, or would you really just go for like a bunt? 
I'd try at first. I'd definitely try. Yeah, I'd try too. and freaking knock it out of the park. And then after like <laughs> five whiffs in a row, which would be the first five tries, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm just going to try and get it in play as soon as possible now. What if the pitcher walks you? <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. So, I mean, I'm, I, what I'm getting at is the pitcher, is he, he's trying to not let you hit it, I'm assuming. Correct. He's throwing his best stuff, curveballs, um, right. you know, but does he have to get it in the strike zone every time is, is how I got to the walking. Well, he's got to try. I mean, he's got some What pride. if he hits you? <laughs> then that hurts. That's why I'm a little surprised about the, like, oh, I'll just bunt it, because that sounds terrifying to me. I will say, though, if he cracks a rib on, like, that like one of the early throws, I'm actually not sure I'm achieving this. <laughs> I, might, I might have to wait, the wait a box? few weeks in the batter's box to, <laughs> to for my, that, that rib to heal <laughs> while I'm eating hot dogs every day in the batter's box and just chilling in a sleeping bag, apparently. Yeah. How, at, how fast the, uh, at the batting cages, how fast do the balls get? I think like 70 80. top. That's kind of what you'll see. Maybe 80. I don't know. Yeah. Something so like it's that. 20 miles an hour, 20, 30, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they're, how fast is a fastball? I mean, it's 100, 100 miles an hour, right? That's like the fast, a fast, fast ball. Yeah. That's a really fast one. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd say generally speaking, they're around 95 to 97. Yeah, that sounds, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but that, I could do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not I mean, hitting you kind of just run, but. So you guys are both, you're both saying yes, mostly because the challenge doesn't sound that difficult, not because you're really excited about the price. Well, so (laughs) it's it's a good balance, though. I'll take it. It's a good, it's a good balance because here's the thing: it's kind of an underwhelming price to some degree too. And I'm glad you brought this up, Jake, because in my mind, that becomes somewhat of a burden because you're like, I don't want to like have to buy. (laughs) Basically, in order to take full advantage of it, you have to buy. What would it be? Uh, it would be 730 items that are no more than $20 in value that are now, now, now you possess. So it's in order to, for it, it kind of is though, because it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't love clutter. I don't think you guys eat, do either. So it's kind of like, how do you, like, how do you maximize this? At but its, you don't at its have fullest? to maximize it. I, but you don't have to, but I think you can, and that's where the incentive still comes into play for me, which is <laughs> well, <laughs> you then just start to buy things that are easily resellable, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, if you wanted to, just resell them every day. And let's say, for example, you were only able to get 90% of the value, so you're selling them for 18 times 730 if you were to do it every day. You've won. You've got thirteen thousand dollars in the bank all of a sudden. You know it's not nothing. Well, here's this is Amazon. They sell everything on Amazon. You really don't yeah, think but... you could you could plan it out in a way where you're like, yeah, this is stuff I'm going to buy sooner or later, and I'm going to use it. And now yeah, I yeah, but only with a twenty dollar discount. Yeah, the yeah, twenty dollars a day like... makes it tough because it's. And it doesn't roll over. Most things, right? I mean, you have to plan. Burden, like, I mean, if it's burden in an OCD way, if you feel like you're wasting the money that you don't spend, but you don't 
have to spend it. And, I would and feel like I would, though, because I'd be like, I've stood <laughs> in that batter's box for 17 hours, and I forgot to freaking use my $20 oh. gift card yesterday. That's actually now my favorite possible scenario, is that it takes Harper a month to do this, and then it's two years of him just feeling burdened by the $20 a day. <laughs> oh. yeah, I'm just keeping it real, man. Um, All right, and I, I think I'm done with this one. If you guys, this is a this is a primer. I don't think this is the best question yeah, we have. That was a good primer. I, f- I feel good about mm-hmm. that. All right, this one's weird. Would you? Att- <laughs> oh, this one's weird. <laughs> this next one, yeah. Would you attempt to eat a hot tub full of peanut butter for a free Honda Accord if the only deadline was to eat it all by the peanut butter's expiration date, and you can quit at any time with no penalty? So this one I've done some research on. I took the, I took the first, uh, no pun intended, swing at the last one. So, Josh, I'll give you first, first rights on this one. So, I mean, it starts with the, what, the expiration date. Um, Google says it's, they can last from 6 to 24 months unopened. But as soon as it's opened, you have 2 to 3 months. <laughs> yeah. but here's here's the thing does closing the hot tub cover constitute as it, not being no, it's opened still, it's still been opened it's like i think what that's saying is just because you close the cap or the top put the top back on doesn't mean it's unopened again if, what if it's you, a solid seal what if it's a really good hot tub cover seal wait but what are you saying like from the first you take a bite and then close the hot tub cover <laughs> yeah just just a bite <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's two to three months. <laughs> but you can wait. You have you have like twenty one months to open the hot tub for the first time. Because that's Just your you, six. Like, that's your six to twenty four months. <laughs> but as soon as you open it, the clock is ticking. Is it, do you it, use the twenty one months to like pr- like to get gear up for it and to like practice e- eating a ton of peanut butter? Would I'm that help? To think, I would just wait to the better a better peanut butter season, because you know there's some months like in the What's heat some good of the peanut butter season. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know. I haven't thought about. Got to be during the holidays, but right? It's got to be like Thanksgiving I'm thinking and the, Christmas. I'm thinking the from like the fall to the yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So like basically October first to January first. Yeah, and I'm gonna and that's, be making your luck because it says two to three months. You might only have two. <laughs> well, hold on. I I don't. I think you have more than two to three months because. No, he's, he's right. I've got the, the same bottom. That's like that's buried under two feet of peanut butter. That's as good as seal, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, okay, he's not wrong about that. So you have to be really strategic on on the placement of like where you're taking you, it. Cause in you, other words, you, you have to get, you have to go surface by surface. You can't yeah. just like dig. You do a, do a peanut butter hole, a core. Yeah. Then yeah. you're yeah. you've ruined the whole match. <laughs> you can't scoop it out like yeah. like an animal. You've actually got to be very delicate about it from the top, which would feel like you're taking even longer than you really are. Yeah, I would I would have so many different like peanut butter recipes. Like I have this, <laughs> I do this really good peanut butter protein shake that I like. That would I don't be doing think that. Every... I would my so my issue with that is that I don't think I'd want to. I guess you're onto something in terms of mixing it up, but I kind of would just want to get 
through get get through with it and i wouldn't want to like get maximize through with a hot tub full of peanut butter though <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah i guess that's uh, all strategies are in play here i think you have to do some some binging and you know i made throw, a peanut butter pie up, by the way not too long ago and it was amazing yeah i'd definitely make some peanut butter pies jake if you throw it up does it count um yes as long as it's not on purpose okay, okay. i like that that's fair you're being fair here yeah that's fair <laughs> but jake, jake kind of changes the dynamic of this though because you all of a sudden because his question has to do with the expiration date you have to eat it before it expires but if we are doing that where it's like i don't know how do you do, how do you do it like what 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 does it mean to still be sealed technically do you have like a couple inches I mean, I guess if you were to do the length of a jar, but granted, the surface area is a lot bigger, so does that always, change it as well? I just think you have to eat at a, at a consistent pace, and then it doesn't matter. Because if you're going level by level at a consistent pace, you're always going to be staying um, you know, within the... The stuff below is slowly you know, getting exposed to the air. But you're still you know on what pace. I, you know what I think your best bet is? Is just putting that hot tub cover on, firing up the hot tub, warming it up, trying to melt it down, and just slurping it up as much as possible through a straw. <laughs> that is so gross. That's not, that's not going to work. Like, <laughs> How is that any grosser I'd than say... the whole concept of eating peanut butter from a hot tub? Just because it's warmed up makes it grosser? That's not well, grosser. And that's not how hot tubs work. You think the hot tub's going to like suck it through the tube and, and heat? Like... <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Suck it through? It I'm thinking... How are you heating up the, the peanut butter? Think... How's the hot tub going to do that? Listen, man, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to answer those questions. It's in a hot tub, okay? Just freaking Listen, heat it up. No one's turning on the hot tub in this scenario. I'm saying you have... you got to eat about... Eight inches a month to be safe. I think you're safe if you wait, eat wait, eight, 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 eight inches, inches a, month. a month. We have three. How many? How how deep is this hot tub? I don't know. Three feet. I, maybe? I don't think it's twenty-four inches. I think it's more than no, two. It's a, Twenty-four inches. It's deeper. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's definitely deeper than three feet, unless we're talking like a kiddie pool here. But, um, I would say. I think it's four. Actually, four Jake, and a half Jake, he might not be far off. Is it? Did you just Google it? No, I just that's my guess. The, four sounds it. about right. Actually, I could say maybe four. I mean, it depends though. My like my parents have a really big hot tub. That just sounds traumatizing. Um, oh, I, wait. 31, 31 inches is uh, according to Texas Hot Tub Co. Is the listen, typical I forgot depth. the report. What did you say, 31 court. inches? 31 inches, 31 in, yes. 31 so inches? Than, okay, so, so less than three. Here, okay. here real quick, I, I, I love the idea of me having to do this during the holidays, baking a ton of peanut butter pies, whatever those are, going to family parties and not being able to share <laughs> Because it's my, you know, you it's my, it's my just... challenge. Uh-huh. Like I'd make really good <laughs> treats for myself. Homemade, homemade uh, Reese's you know cups and stuff, and I wouldn't be able to share any of it. 
It would be a really how many Reese's so would cups? Would you, you guys would would you guys do that? That's the question. Um, well, so that, going back to that, that's why I asked about the reward because you have the Honda Accord. So it's, I'm guessing it's a brand new Honda Accord. Yeah. What's the MSRP for a brand new Honda Accord? I have no idea. I, have no I idea. would guess it's somewhere in the thirty thousand dollar range. Yeah. Uh, Say mid thirty. So, I mean, this just helps me kind of conceptualize the whole thing. If I just think in dollars and cents, like basically you have to eat a hot tub full of peanut butter for about $35,000. But I mean, what's the, there's not a penalty if you don't get through it, right? You just got to, I like, I like peanut butter. No, you can stop it at any time. Besides the 57 pounds that you'll probably gain trying. I started Googling how much peanut butter is too much. And the first, (laughs) the first question is too much for a dog. What about a Um, human? Well, I, I didn't have that as an option, but I put it in, and it says two tablespoons of spread per day can lead to unwanted weight gain or conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Ooh, we are going to have to deal with high <laughs> blood pressure and high cholesterol. Okay, here's the thing. The lower-end Honda Accord is, like, brand new. MSRP, 26520 It's not even in the 30000 But if you do, like, mm. a high-end, like a touring... You're looking at thirty-eight thousand four fifty. Yeah, let's say it's that one. Okay, so about forty k. Sheesh, I'm not sure I'd do it even for that much. I don't think I would. Ultimately, I just don't think I, I would. I wouldn't even try. I wouldn't even start. I don't think I would either, and I would just have to like take comfort in the fact that I'm not going to have serious health problems trying to do something so insane. Yeah, I'm reading this. And this is stupid, but do you know one of the main reasons I wouldn't is I think you would get super greasy. I think your skin would just get really gross. You think you would turn into grease? And you'd stink. You would smell like peanut butter. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have, I don't know. You make it, you make it sound like I you think slowly that would turn into peanut butter. through your pores. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you are what you eat. When you eat that much peanut butter. Well, I don't know if we're supposed to take that. All right, you guys ready to move to the next one? Yeah, I think so. J- Josh, did you have any further thoughts on that? Well, I, just real quick, I'm, I googled what is the volume of a hot tub because we didn't really even discuss that. Um, it's about two hundred and seventy-five to. This is a four to five person hot tub. It's about two hundred and seventy-five to three hundred and seventy-five gallons of peanut butter so what are we talking 275 or 375 that's a big range yeah i'd say i'd say three either way no one i think it's impossible yeah reading that and really i don't think i would do it it's a good question though jake that really that got us thinking all right here's the next one this is a much simpler question would you crawl everywhere for six weeks to win a house in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Everywhere for six weeks. Um, so my initial thoughts, I don't really care. Like, I mean, Chattanooga, that's an interesting one. I don't know anything about Chattanooga, but I guess I would need to know the specs of the home before I actually decided this. Like, you and let's just good. go off of value. That's the easiest way. How much is the value of the home? Do you think roughly? I um, I don't know. And this is, by the way, part of why I think 
not having the questions beforehand is more because then you on the fly have to estimate the median value of a home in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, so I'm going to Google it then. Just I would see. guess 400. I'm going to say like 400K. So the that's average is probably high. lower. Yeah, that is high. Um, the, the typical, according to Zillow, the typical home value of homes in Chattanooga is $283,277. So just below 300K. Okay. Um, I'm thinking yes. That is, that is, I'm thinking yes because I would just try and limit how much I had to crawl. I would just like let everybody know, like, listen, I'm going to win a house <laughs> and I'm hardly going to leave my current house for the next six weeks. I'm just, and luckily I can work from home. When it comes to driving, you don't have to use your knees, do you? <laughs> no, you just got to crawl in and out of your car. Would you go to the okay. store, like stop at Walmart and crawl in there? I would try and, what, listen, if you're about to win are, basically 300K, I think you could then start to like really use like deliveries. It's just like kind of splurge where you need to, you know, just be like, I'm just going to have my groceries delivered. bashing everything. Yeah. Would you buy knee pads before? Yeah. Could you have knee pads? Yeah. It's fine. So I'm curious because Harper sounds like you want to do this or you'd be up for it. What are the, uh, what are the scenarios you are most worried about? Like, you know, I can avoid a lot of things, stay in my house for the most part, but I've got to do X, Y, and Z. Working out comes to mind immediately, like not being able to play sports for six weeks, being just overall sedentary relative to my life right now. Uh, terrifies me. Going to church seems really weird. <laughs> having to explain to everybody. Like, That's the one that. that came to mind for me. Yeah. Otherwise, just... I work from home, you know, and so it's I don't really need to be places. I could just tell my friends, like, hey, I'm taking six weeks off. Like, I don't have a family. Like, I mean, I'm immediate family, right? So, do you do you think you could convince anybody to carry you places, like into church? Such... Yeah. I don't or think I'd you... want to. <laughs> you wouldn't. So I wouldn't want to either, but I'm sure you could find someone you could convince to do that. As weird as that sounds. Wait, and, and Harper mentioned using a car. Is that, that I mean, doesn't that doesn't break the rule? Could I use a wheelchair? No. Yeah, but, I say no to the wheelchair too. But I can. Could I get creative and create like, like skateboard knees? <laughs> No, you have to crawl. But you can use hey, a car? maybe 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 the car's out actually. The question was you have to crawl everywhere. Oh gosh. You can use you can have knee pads though, right? You said that. Yeah, you can have knee pads. Yeah, if the knee pads are definitely on the table, I'm I'm still in. Like that's that's a I mean that's that is a that is such a hefty payday for 6 weeks of it is relative hell and it's really not even like you can kind of you can survive that i wouldn't even call it like definite hell like you'll have moments where you're like i can't believe i'm doing this but i don't think like if you really put your mind to it i really think i'd be able to be like you know whatever i'm doing this for the roughly the 300k like i'm gonna i'm gonna have 300k in six weeks yeah Yeah, i'm in you have to deal with the realtors but um oh you're right never (laughs) mind i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i Here's my concern. Uh, my wife's going to have our second baby in a, a mo- like two months. 
When do I? When does this start? I hope that baby doesn't come in five weeks. <laughs> and I just uh, you can pick. I don't. Yeah, so I could like I have like a I could wait until we're a little bit we have things under control a little bit more because I'm just thinking like my wife. Let's say you can uh, you have a year. Okay, I mean I might try to just knock it out right now before the baby comes, but. I would. I would definitely do that. Having two kids and one of them being a newborn and yeah, Taylor would just look at you and be like, who the hell did my, I marry? <laughs> but my wife's eight months pregnant now, yeah. having to take run after a, an 18-month-old. And, you know, crawl. I'm not going to... In your I'm, case, having to crawl after an 18-month-old. Well, she's, she's doing I, it. And I think you'd get I, pretty I could, fast by the end of the six weeks. No, I mean, I think I could be great. Like, I can help him play with the kid, but I can't get him into the crib. That's that's what keeps going through my head. Is I don't kind of toss him in it. Like, she right now Taylor's at her most. Like, she can't lift things, and and now I'm. I guess I could I could get him. I could drop him into the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lean over and put him Too down. Well clumsy. But... <laughs> Too well clumsy, but you could get him in and out. I feel yeah. like your upper body strength would like. You'd get big in six weeks, and you'd be pretty strong. You granted, your legs would be super weak. We have a tall bed. Wow. I probably want to maybe take out the. Is this a real offer? Because I'm in. Like I think I'm yeah. in, Jake. Let's do <laughs> I it. I think I'd do it. Who do we talk to? All right, you're in. Yeah, well, I got a guy in Chattanooga. Let's get the ball rolling. <laughs> He's he's just up for some sick tasks like these. That was a good one. <laughs> he's a weirdo. Okay, so next question. You don't uh, you can't prepare for this one. So as soon as uh, you get the opportunity, you just you have to say yes or no. And here here it is. Would you try to accurately recite the alphabet backwards in ninety seconds for fifteen hundred dollars? If failing to do so earns you a punch in the face from your strongest coworker, I'll let I'll let Josh. Yes, go. yes, I would. I, I would now, too. Before you get into why, I'm curious: Does this have anything? How much does this have to do with your strongest coworker? <laughs> uh, most I, of it has to do with that. I'm still thinking through who my strongest coworker <laughs> is. Um, and I don't, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I think I have a pretty good feel for who the strongest one is. He's a, he is a Midwest Oklahoma boy. So I'm sure he's got some, he's got some, he's scrappy, he's tough. Um, but, uh, I don't think it knocked me out. Um, so that's a big part of it. With that said, the other huge part of this is the fact that I'm pretty sure I could do it. That's what. That's the biggest thing for me. Is I'm not worried. Do you think you could? Yeah. Ninety seconds is a long time. I'd have to do it in segments. Really? Mentally. I don't think I could do it. But I, I could do I it. I think I could do it right now. Do it. Do it. All right. Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. That was like. Is that right? Yeah. Did you say M? 
It's like a.m. Yeah, that was like that was pretty good. I think I did it. I think I did it. Yeah, I mean. So where's well, my fifteen hundred dollars? The most the be. most disappointing thing about this these <laughs> this game we're playing is that we can't. They're all fake. Every time, every time I talk myself and saying, "Yeah, I want to do it," I get like get ready. Excited. And then it's like, <laughs> and then the question ends. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was just all fake." <laughs> that that the house in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that was a real bummer. Because <laughs> I really, it's I was mentally gearing. You were excited that. about that. It's house. depressing. Yeah. yeah. Well, way to put a wet blanket on this whole episode, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jake. Jake's the ones who are giving us the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not insulting Jake. Oh He's the God. one that has to come up with these scenarios. <laughs> it's not easy. Well, All Jake, right, you guys. I don't even know. Well, I'll ask it. Um, you guys still hear me? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm gonna ask. I, I don't like this one. I'll throw it out there, and we can move past it really quickly if it's not interesting. If you were a dog and had six months to live, how would you want to spend it? This is a, this is I don't I don't. How does this change if you're not a dog? I wouldn't be raised. Uh-huh. You have six months to live. Do you have a similar mentality? You're just going to work really hard, Josh. You're just going to do your best as a lawyer for six months. Well, yeah, because I have to like save up money for my family. I would get. I mean, is it fraudulent if I go and get a ton of life insurance? Out for my uh, you know? no. I say no. I think I think they'll be okay. Yeah. So that's. I like that question better. I don't know why the dog dynamic has to be in there, but granted. <laughs> I'm not the one that has to come up with these. I just appreciate Jake trying. Um, but six months to live is just always an interesting question. Like, what do you do if you knew? What if you do? What if? What would you do if you knew, but you couldn't tell anyone? I like that. That's an interesting one. the The last day would be tough. Yeah, like, I mean, saying like, especially if it wasn't like some slowly like deteriorating sickness that's just going to take you because people like will always kind of be worried just not knowing when could like and they may not know it's terminal but they you dying would not be as big of a surprise potentially if you're slowly deteriorating over the six month period so let's just say it's more abrupt yeah you know you'll get killed in a car accident in the last day or something yeah that would be that every every interaction you had would be would be awful i think yeah Mick would know. My yeah. wife would know. Absolutely. What do you mean? I don't. She... Yeah, I wouldn't say anything, and she would still know. I don't She'd know. know you're oh, gonna you, die. Or you guys are one of those couples that you you're able to. You guys have like a special would... whatever connection. <laughs> I mean, she'd know. She'd know something was wrong. But I don't she'd know. know. You're gonna Maybe die. What you're saying, but I just don't. I think so, because she usually goes worst case scenario pretty quickly in her mind. Has she thought you've been you were gonna die She'd before? She'd be like, "Something's up." He's not them. <laughs> Probably. So how often, how many Probably times like has Mick thought you were gonna die? Every time I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not yeah. only that fast, her. No, right, you're so right. That'd be a little I mean, bit easier for you. Then. She'd be like, "I can tell something's up." Can you confirm it? Can no, you like wink? Because I couldn't like <laughs> confirm it. She would. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine telling your wife you're going to die with a wink? 
especially one of those cheesy up. ones where like your mouth is open your mouth is open and you're just you kind of turn to yeah. the side and wink you're the big goofy cartoon wink yeah yeah that would be awful i haven't answered your question but all right i would i think i would definitely if the if the life insurance thing is okay i'd do that i'd stop working spend all the time i could with my family um just quality time probably do some projects around the house would you quit your job inexplicably yeah Yeah, you know i would do stuff like that i would do stuff that kind of like signaled to them that i always knew i was gonna die but i couldn't tell them or hopefully they could gather that i couldn't tell them maybe they'd just be like oh why didn't he tell us or whatever but like retroactively they could look back at it and be like he would have never quit if he didn't know he was gonna die you know stuff like that so they, looking back, they know it makes sense. Because sure. that's true. Quitting my job would be tough because I can't tell anyone why, especially my wife, why, why I've done it. She would just be worried about money for six months. Yeah, exactly. And you add that stress. You'd have to, I think you'd have to go on business as yeah, you'd have to go on business as usual for a big chunk of that six months. I, I think, think. I'd, I'd keep my job, but I would just work from home. And as much, you know, and wouldn't worry about being fired. I would maybe pretend I got fired, but wait till like the last month and be like, hey, I'm just going to take the next month off. We're okay financially. Like, granted, I'm having to pretend I'm married here, so I should actually use it as it is now. So that's because it's different for you guys versus me. Um, I would maybe go skydiving my last day without a parachute. (laughs) And it's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. <laughs> so I guess I would kill myself, but I was gonna die anyway, so it's not it's not the same thing. But what if you were wrong? <laughs> You're not though, dude. That that's that that breaks the code of this being a true hipothetical. There you go. Yeah, you're breaking the. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't do um, that. But I might go skydiving. I'm not sure how I would do it. Like, like you guys having wives and kids. It's very different from me. Now, granted, I have plenty of family that I love that I'm very close with that I see regularly. But, yeah, that'd be, that'd be crazy. I don't, I don't know. It'd be so different for me. I'd probably have to, I'd probably go traveling a lot. Um, yeah. Go see different parts of the world. Uh, Would you record videos of yourself to, like, yeah. Share. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would pre-record a podcast that would come out after my death. Like Norm MacDonald? Um, anyway, I got one more. I got one more. I did not come up with this, but it came up like during this discussion. This was posed to me by a friend, a listener of the podcast, uh, actually in response to our first hypotheticals. So I I didn't even plan on bringing this up. I forgot about this, but it's a really interesting question to me. If you had the chance, and I and I don't think I'm asking it pound for pound, but I, a variation of what he asked, which was if you had the chance to go back and live your life again from like age ten, would you do it? No. No, I wouldn't. What What causes you to say no so quickly? I'd be I'd be too worried that I'd mess stuff up and like not be where I'm at. 
So obviously that has to do with a lot of like, yeah, how satisfied you are with your life is now, right? And saying yes to that as a married man with kids in some indirect way makes it seem like you (laughs) aren't appreciative of your family. So I get why you guys say no, and especially as quickly. With that said, say you were in my shoes. And that's this isn't to say that I hate my life. I actually love my life, but I'm pretty sure I would. I'm pretty sure I would. Like I'm pretty positive I would just be like, yeah. But oh, oh, by the way, by the way, this is another caveat though. This is a caveat. This is a caveat. Sorry, I didn't bring this part up. You have all the knowledge that you have now. Yeah. And you're taking it back with you at at age ten, so you know exactly how the world basically Mm -hmm. plays out. Um, from 10 on, you just have to live every day again from age 10, which that's going to be very slow moving for a long time, especially since you like are aware of exactly what's going to happen. Like it's going to be basically slow motion for 10 years, right? Um, I would do it. That would suck. I wouldn't, because to me, it would be impossible to have normal relationships. One, you're a 10 year old who's just way smarter than he should be. And can like and knows the future. Yeah, you'd have to dumb it down, and you'd have the wherewithal to do that. No, like, I don't you, think you could. could you, it's I don't fine think if you, you could want relate to look to like a prodigy. Properly. I don't think you could. I, I, I don't have, think well, you no, could you, relate to people in a normal way, and so you'd end up feeling really isolated from everyone around you, and so you'd have a couple decades of that, and it would shape you in a way that I think you just end up being a becoming weirdo a weirdo person and unhappy and lonely and I think you have a decade from... of it. No, it wouldn't you wouldn't think... like you wouldn't bounce back from it. I I teach primary to 10-year-olds and they just good smart kids but they just think differently. It's not the same. They... No, I totally get that, but I'm talking about you and you're not wrong, but like you're 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 weighing the social interaction standpoint, like super heavily here. And I just yeah. be like, listen, I don't need lifelong friends from the age of 10. You know, I don't, I don't need that. Now it's kind of cool if that happens. Like one of my best friends still to this day was somebody that I'd met when I was 11. You guys know him, Tyler Miller. Um, he, and I, and I cherish that relationship and I don't see how that still couldn't be the case. Uh, replaying that again now granted i understand you're not relating to them in the same way that's impossible but like i said you could kind of dumb it down you could kind of just try and appreciate these moments and know the people that you would have connected with naturally and you could still become somewhat of a prodigy i don't i don't think that's just it though Mm -hmm. i'm not just saying that you wouldn't have like that you wouldn't have like the lifelong friendships i don't think you'd have friendships i think you would People would treat you, you would be weird, inevitably. I don't think you could mask it or dumb it down in a way that people weren't like, this guy's just, this kid's strange. And I think if everyone around you treats you that way for years and years, for decades, it's going to change who you are in a way where you end up as just a very different person. And I don't know what you really gain from it. You're a prodigy in something. um, What would you want to be a prodigy in, Harper? You gain, I'll answer that question in a second, but to, to go back to what Jake said, like you gain a, you have the ability to gain a ton. Like you, you're going to be on the forefront of everything. Like financial, financially, nothing you will could, be a problem for you'd one. You'd be rich, yeah. For better. Right. Yeah, yeah for better or for worse, right? That's not necessarily a good thing. 
but apart from that but, being rich um, like you, you think you're going to develop like i mean what are you going to do that makes your life better than it is now i mean that's why to me relationships just is the biggest thing because i think that's what makes I would my life happy have... now so yes i agree with that but i also the gospel component of this is still wholly intact I would understand the gospel at an, a much higher level at the age of 10, which would hopefully just compound moving forward from there. Like you're not necessarily retracing, you're just moving forward from what you already know. And you can do that at that age, I think. And and yeah, people would look at you and be like, how, like, how are you thinking so deeply about all these things at the age of 10 or 12 or whatever, right? Going on a mission would be very interesting. And I think that's around the time when you're starting to relate with your peers again. Because there are some really mature 18, 19-year-olds out there. I guess in our case it would be 19 because that was the age back then. But um, there are still really mature 19-year-olds on the mission moving forward. You're, you're really you're rubbing shoulders with a lot more adults just at that level and moving forward. And you're and then able to establish very genuine relationships. The only thing you're missing are the relationships you would you had established naturally at that age that you really wouldn't anymore because you're completely different personality wise. Maybe not personality wise, but intellectually. Yeah, I don't. Think I don't think you, we'd I be on the podcast right people. now, Harper. <laughs> okay, I, I got. I heard what Josh said, but what did you say, Jake? I just don't think even like once you got to your like early 20s, you would relate to other people in their early 20s or any. I don't think you'd relate to even people in their mid 30s or any other adult. You would be it would be such a unique human experience. It would be tough to relate with any other human. I I don't know. Man. I think I, I just think, I think you'd I, mean... I think you'd end up so isolated and detached from like. You just wouldn't have that much in common with other other people, I don't think. I think you. I think it is. It would be such a bizarre experience that no one else could relate to. That you couldn't just like take it in stride and just sort of use some extra knowledge to get ahead. I think it would just dramatically shape you as a human being in such a weird way that you wouldn't. I don't, I don't think you'd have a lot of meaningful relationships. Obviously, yeah, I, don't I don't know that. Harper, that would be my fear, and that's why I wouldn't do it. Harper, I want to hear what you. What was that, Josh? Uh, I want to hear what you do. You said you want to be like a prodigy in something. Is that just the financial thing, or is there something you'd want to? Like, what would oh, you? I mean, I, your, you'd kind of just naturally be a prodigy in just terms of deep thinking about things. Like, you could be a gospel prodigy. You could be. I mean, I wouldn't be a math prodigy because, like, I I think <laughs> I peaked at algebra two anyway. So, um, but, uh, so it wouldn't take long for that to be exposed, but I, I think athletically you could be a prodigy just because you're way more cerebral yeah. and that goes a long way in sports. Um, Definitely. if you have some amount of athleticism growing up, you could really make it work if you're just smarter than everybody else. I think, especially at that age, um, and then you can also work on it in different ways. It's like maybe like, cause you're taking with you the discipline you've also learned at the age of, for me, 34. Um, and you could take that back with you to the age of 10. So you are more disciplined in terms of athletics. Like that's better too. Like I would be way more inclined to practice things on a daily basis. I'm not even still looking to make it to the pros. 
It might be fun to play college ball somewhere, some doing something, right? Um, I wouldn't want to change yeah. my trajectory that much, though. Like, I'd still want to go to BYU, you know? Because I cherish the time that I had at BYU. I, I, yeah, but it sounds like you two wouldn't to, do it. You'd have like, to no live through a decade of BYU losing to Utah, though. Again. You'd have to do that Not again. if I have anything to help. Not, not <laughs> there you go. There we go. Now we're talking. That's, that's at the root of this, Harper. <laughs> <laughs> This, this was this was my uh, this was my therapy session. <laughs> I like it. This was just um, one big Rorschach test. <laughs> hey, I know you wanted to. We were shooting for about an hour. Did you at least want to hear the uh, the one I didn't share with you yet? Oh, I thought you did. I thought that was the dog question with six months to live. Oh no, that was a throwaway question. This one's way better. All right, I might have to cut that question out completely then. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, let's yeah. hear it. All right, sorry, you're, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to stand over you, dude. Yeah, let's hear it. I'm not at all. That I, that was an interesting question. I'm actually going to be thinking about that one for a while. I can tell. So here it is. Um, tomorrow morning, you wake up, you leave your bedroom, and then you are told that the next time you open your bedroom door, it will lead you into any room in the world at any point present or past. But once you step into that new room, you have until midnight based from your current time to return through the same door you entered to get back to your bedroom and time where you will be stuck in that new place. What do you do? So if it's the present, it's not really, it's really not a big deal if you're stuck, right? Or what do you mean by stuck, I guess? Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, yeah, if you're just, you're not moving through time and you just, they're like, you know, showing up in Washington, D.C., you would just have to find a way back to Utah, just hop on a plane. But if you go back in time, or the future, you can go into the future? Or Yeah, you can go in the future. No, actually, Ooh. I didn't say that. I said I said present or past. You didn't say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you said present or past. No future. Okay. I my first thought was I'd like to go and watch a day in the life of the Savior. Would be really cool, but I don't know. Now I'm thinking I don't know where I'd go. Maybe with the Nephites or. I don't know. Yeah, how do you? It'd be hard. How? What was? What was the caveat again? If you like, you had to make it to what point in order to go back to make it back to your room? So let's say you you go you pass through the door at noon. That means you have twelve hours to get back. So you you have twelve hours in this new place, and if you don't make it back in time, you're. What do you mean to get back though? Like, how do you, like, if you're back in the time of Christ, how do you make it back to your room? The, the door's open still. It's the... So you just... So there's you, a, flo- there's you a floating like, door on a mountaintop. No, you have to okay. go through a room. Okay, So you have to pick a room. What so do you, you mean? say, like... So, yeah, what do you mean? Oh, I see. Yeah, so it has to be a, a doorway. And you have to be like, so for example, you could be like, I want to walk through the door while they're signing the Declaration of Independence or something like that. 
So you would just have to get back into that room and go through the same doorway. But when you went through it on the way back, you end up in your bedroom. On your way back. So you just have to get back into the room that you... Okay, so to make it back, okay. The same door that you came through. Okay. So the risk, the obvious risk is by stepping, you know, into any of these places, if something detains you in any way, you risk not getting back to your... uh, your time if you're choosing to travel through time. That's the big risk here. I would uh, strip down, get my, put my bed sheet, wrap my bed sheet around me, <laughs> and probably probably go to the time of Christ as well, maybe, and uh, and then just walk through that door just so I fit in immediately. Not, not I don't think you'd fit hands. in wrapped in your bed sheet. <laughs> I think so. That's, that's how they drive, that, isn't it? Hey, but that's part of it too, right? You can take as much time here. Like you could go to like a costume shop or some, you know, tailor and say, hey, I need to look like I fit in in this time. But then that wastes time, right? Because that might take you six hours here. That's less time you have over there. So yeah, that's I part would... of the equation. How much do you prepare for this place you're going to before you walk through the door? I just worry that anywhere I go in the past, they're going to look at me and think I'm a witch and detain me yeah. immediately because I'm, because I don't get it exactly right. right. And you're so not going to speak tough. the language. Um, no, that's true. That's actually a good point. I'm thinking how oh, cool it would be to hear, you know, hear the savior teach. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably understand any of it. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. So you'd have to do English speaking then, if that's the case. That limits your choices quite a bit. It would bit. still be cool, though. I mean, I could just listen and anyway, yeah. Like, wait, how do how do you get how do you get to the Mount of Olives? And you're like, what? <laughs> you don't pick a spot near where you think the Savior would be. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know which day he was doing what. Well, I mean, you, you could just say like around in the town, you don't even see him. <laughs> I mean, I would pick I just because I, w- I could locate it better in time. Like the last week of his life, we have a pretty good idea of where he was every day, or for some of the days yeah. at least. I would have to pick one of those so I didn't miss it. <laughs> I'd hate to be yeah, there the day after exactly. he he uh, fed the five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's the where's the mount of this from the sermon on the mount huh you could risk going to like uh like you know one of the wonders of the world you know because you could bring that and just observe it right and you could bring that information back with you and that would be really valuable now even if you didn't you know, just seeing it cool. might tell you something. Can I, can I intercede in the past and like make change history? Absolutely. I would stop John Wilkes Booth from killing Abraham yeah. Lincoln because Abraham, I mean, for obvious reasons, but like Abraham Lincoln would have been such a more skilled, he would have handled reconstruction so much better. That I yeah, think we could have avoided. We would have avoided years, a lot of you know, hundreds, hundreds today, of years. Probably. Yeah, exactly. The racial strife. Yeah. I think we'd be in a much better position because he would have strong armed the you know the 
I think there were some things that, some compromises after the wind kind of was taken out of the north cells and and we ended up living with things that I wish we hadn't, you know, for so long. So that's, yeah, I would wrong. do that. That would have been a, a very meaningful thing. And I would be able to meet Abraham Lincoln and and go see a play. But, so, and would and would you do it knowing like hey, I'm getting my life. like, but you're getting mixed up in the fray there, right? There's a chance you yeah, don't get back risk. to the room. It's risky. You don't get I mean, back. He has a, he has a gun. Risky, but it's kind of worth the risk. Like having to stay there forever is kind of still worth the risk of saving Abraham Lincoln's life, right? Yeah. I mean, I think so. The the church is around at that point, so then maybe you could at least like. Like after you get out of jail or whatever it is, hopefully, assuming that that can even happen, then you just go find the saints out west. Yeah. At that point, they're in Salt Lake. Here's the thing, though. And I mean, this is going to sound silly. But have you ever really stopped to think about how much they had to sweat all day, every day? Like in the summer, they didn't have air conditioning. To me, that is, oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's ridiculous, but I, I, I don't, that would be so hard. And they didn't shower and bathe so as much. Uncomfortable. Like, yeah, we would be so I, uncomfortable. Yeah. Quicker than you guys I, think though. Honestly, I, I, I served my mission but, in honestly rough, like may, potentially one of the hottest places you could like realistically go i mean the granite africa probably beats it in some cases but i mean cancun is like 100 percent humidity it's in the 90s most times of the year even if it's in the 80s it feels like it's 105 outside i mean it's just constant right the sun is just constantly pounding on you we like we got so used to just like hey let's take a five minute break and be in the shade for a little bit and you've all of a sudden we're like stop sweating and you're like this is incredible you just got used to it and i think you could too in that situation i guess then there's the dust. Oof. But I'd well, do and it. then you don't have, like, I've, I've risk, you don't have like risk modern medicine. I know. <laughs> it would be it would it's a real risk there. That's true. Yeah. Making it out west, you'd probably die of dysentery. Point. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see, sixty I'm when's happy. when was the when's the railroad? That's like seventy nine or something, isn't it? I thought I it was know. in the 60s, 1860s, but I could be wrong. Um, so this, because this is interesting. So if I think worst case, I, I like Josh's hypo, I like his, I like him saving Lincoln. Because for one, like best case scenario is all of a sudden you show up in the history books, shaking Lincoln's hand, smiling at the camera and being the only person that ever smiled for any pictures back then. <laughs> you, and making it back in time and seeing yourself That'd in be said cool. history That book. would be fun. Worst case scenario, you go to prison forever. I mean, that would be terrible. Let's say that's the worst, but let's say like second or third worst you, case scenario. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. let you out after a bit. I want to hear this. You've mentioned prison a few times in, in this saving Abraham Lincoln. What's going to happen? They think that you're like a conspirator? What? Yeah, they, you you were a party to it. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Like you're that you were with him and maybe they were just like, hey – I mean, freak. Maybe an attempted assassination of the president would cause death by hanging. Who knows? Like, well, I mean, so how? I'm picturing. I don't I'm even think the that's door, worst case scenario. I'm picturing I'm the door into the box, right? Like that's the door I enter into. So I, so you're, I'm you're just there like, on the scene. I'm just there, and I just get him in a headlock immediately. 
I mean, I don't see. I don't think they're gonna. <laughs> pretty big guy. By the way. Not, not. I mean, not by our. Have you ever gone in like back east and toured those old houses and like Thomas Jefferson's bed? They're all short guys back then. <laughs> they were, he was an Thomas were, Jefferson. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth was a thespian. I think you could handle him. It was different back then, man. I'm looking here's at it up right now. Thing, John Wilkes Booth. I don't think this is worth wait. You know what? You're right. We could all take him. He was 5'8", 160. You're not wrong. I would body Small slam guy. him. Say Abe Lincoln was 6'4". <laughs> You'd up the ante. <laughs> throw him I mean, off Lincoln the... Forward. Yeah, you would throw him off the balcony. <laughs> no, say six temperature in it. No, I just do a normal takedown headlock. The worst case scenario is that you don't save Lincoln and you get stuck. That's the you're worst not going to get scenario. stuck at that point, though. If you don't save Lincoln, you just jump back through the door. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's worst case scenario. Like, yeah, you maybe yeah, you get stuff in it. You get knocked off. I would, the I would try to a hospital. Like, worst case, I would scenario, drag Lincoln through the door with me. You bring. Him. We're gonna save you, bud. <laughs> you bring him to the. Well, I bet you could say no. I mean, he gets shot in the head. I, I bet they could save him. Yeah. Modern he medicine. He stayed alive for like sixteen hours, though. Does the door stay open? Could you bring him back after healing him? Or not heal. I mean, you know what I mean. No, nope. no. Abraham Lincoln is all of a sudden living in 2022, the Great Emancipator. I think he'd be pissed. He would be so mad at you for bringing him here. Could he? He would be, run... but like, it'd be like, listen, Abe, listen, honest Abe, you wouldn't be here at all or anywhere if it weren't for me, bud. Could he? run again i mean he didn't serve two full terms in fact they didn't have this is just like a constitutional question (laughs) at the time that he served they hadn't passed the constitutional amendment limiting the presidential uh terms to two terms so now (laughs) (laughs) i guess uh, you guys don't care about this to me this is fascinating no i do actually that's actually interesting okay so what were you getting at with this because yeah that was fdr they passed that after uh i'm wondering if he could then run for a third and you know how many maybe you create those terms count against him well i mean i think at least he could do two more i think after that the constitutional amendment would kick in but I don't know. Hmm. I would love to have him be president again. I think he could. I think he could get. I think he'd get my vote. I'd vote for him. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I, I I still like the idea though of like I kind of like the idea of you getting stuck, like just being like ah crap I missed my window. Because it just kind of things went awry. Like you were able to save his life, but somehow they thought you were in the mix of it, so you just had to run away again, go into hiding or whatever. And then you make your way out west, and then you can kind of do other things that affect the course of history positively as well. Like one thing that comes to mind for me is the Mountain Meadows Massacre. If you could try and stop that from happening and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, I think that's a good answer, and... Josh. Yeah, so that is we, a good one. Only would we all do that. I 
think so. I mean, I'm kind of thinking like this is going to sound controversial, which is so stupid, but like what if you just go back and try and say Joseph Smith's life? But it's funny because I think we think of his life as being completely fulfilled. It's I like know. that's not as necessary. And there's a chance that maybe Abraham Lincoln's life was fulfilled in the same way, and I'm ruining yeah. things. I, I would like to think so, um, in a, in large part. Now, granted, you uh, to your point, like had he been alive, there would have been a lot more success in recovery of the nation as a whole, probably. Um, but at the same time, I think Brigham Young was meant to be the prophet for the migration, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And not saying that Joseph Smith couldn't have pulled it off, but it did kind of take maybe maybe a more stalwart, stronger, like bullheaded personality to make that happen as efficiently as it did. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's tough messing with history. Every time travel movie I've ever seen has shown that. <laughs> Have you guys seen About Time? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. That is a good one. It makes me think of that movie a lot. That movie is that movie's really well done and kind of thinks like because he goes back and he tries to like affect his sister's trajectory with like who she ends up with and when he does that it ends up like changing his daughter from a daughter to a son and Uh the whole idea is because like they just can't control that like it just if you alter anything like it just changes everything from there just at least a little bit yeah so would you guys for sure go yeah maybe we're wrapping up now but uh you for sure go back in time or would you just is there somewhere in the present time be like i would be sweet to just show up here that's i mean essentially what you're saying is a free plane ticket and yeah and no because you could could get into a room that you would otherwise know have chance of getting into get the 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 Yeah, but I, there's a chance I could get to the Oval Office anyway. I'd get the... Uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on a tour. <laughs> that was... That, Aspirations that was, much? That was an example. <laughs> My point is, it, you have... I mean, hey, you could go rob a bank. Yeah. There are a lot of possibilities, right? You can just choose a room. You guys for well, sure go into the past? I don't think we're going to do that. I mean, but you do the, bring up an interesting question. Like, is, is there anything that you could do that would bring you <laughs> monetary value? Now, I know that's in the knock list. I love that reference, by the way. Um, the, the of monetary value. Could you could you use this to leverage some sort of financial benefit? Benefit. Now, I know I brought that up a lot, but I think that's always interesting. Like, could you could you do that? Would it be? Could you do that in the present? Could you do that in the past? Here's a, here's a thing in the present because definitely you could do it in the past. I think you could go to the New York Stock Exchange in 1905, get not 1905, just back when they're you know before, like a major corporation get tons of stock certificates and then you're you're in the money, right? But in the present, do those would those certificates hold hold up in 2022? I think they would. I do based on like. You always hear stories of somebody finding their dad's old stock certificates and they're worth a ton. But I don't know. That's just anecdotal. I don't really actually know how that works. Well, you wouldn't even have to go, Hmm. you know, 1905, right? You could just go buy Google stock or something. Yeah. I'd go go like a year before Thomas Edison and invent the light bulb. 
you could you could, yeah. you could go back you could go back to 2010 and invest in a ton of bitcoin in your own name yeah yeah and then just hope you don't lose your wallet but then granted you would have you know bitcoin's dipping now so you Kind of missing out on that too. <laughs> like <it's not. laughs> hey, here, if you if you had to do it in the present, I think that's tougher to earn money this way. If you knew where like you know, if you knew where like sunken treasure was, then I would get into my scuba gear or whatever you know, deep sea diving gear, walk through the door, and get the treasure. I like the like uh, imagery of you walking through a door in full-on scuba gear. <laughs> I do. That is fun. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, that hey, that was a good one. That was a, that good, was a one. good one. I think this I is probably that. a good place to end. This it became a lot more interesting and like not there it had its comedic moments, but it was as yeah, is good. I hope I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as I did talking about it. Hopefully this is spliced together okay. But Jacob and Joshua, thank you so much for taking the time coming on, entertaining me, entertaining the listeners and just providing great conversation. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having for the us. questions, Jake. Yep, yeah, thanks, Jake. It's literally all I do. So from, from now until the next well, time you have it. us on, that is all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Well, you do it great. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Jake and Josh Cutler for joining me for the Hypotheticals podcast episode. Special shout out to Jake for taking the time to think of those hypotheticals. I know that's not easy. Also, I hope the sound editing wasn't too bad. We had some technical difficulties on Jake's end. I think he had a bad connection. So I had multiple tracks that I had to deal with. I tried my best to splice it together. I went through and listened to the whole thing before I published this. So it should have been okay. Maybe a little bit quiet here and there. But for the most part, I think you got it all right. Anyway, now it's time for the closing segment. So for this segment, I actually wanted to highlight a little bit of the news. um, Because I thought it was hilarious that the White House is literally already trying to change the definition of recession. That's kind of been what's coming out this week. Um, they're already trying to say like, well, technically, you know, this is what recession means. So even if the GDP is still bad on Thursday, then it won't technically mean we're in a recession, blah, 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 blah. Stocks are already tanking this week in, in anticipation of the bad GDP report for the second quarter in a row, which would technically put us in a recession. So anyway, I wanted to say a couple things on that note. And then I actually, from there, wanted to transition into some gospel thoughts because I believe it or not, think it's somewhat related to how government is in our lives versus you know, the control we think they have over our lives and the control that we actually have over our lives and how that's all related and kind of have a Book of Mormon parallel in there. And it's a topic that I've talked about before. So anyway, what we are facing in this country and seeing internationally is unprecedented, but it is definitely not a recession, putting that in quotes, right? This is like me being the White House spokesperson. Prices are rising, unemployment too, but we are definitely not seeing a recession, Election time is approaching, and I can understand why this administration would not want the idea of a recession on our minds as we think about filling a ballot, but it's a wake-up call to the reality that politicians are more invested in their careers than they are in the well-being of their constituents. Believe you me. Political satire is funny because the premise is, what if our presidents actually cared? The idea that our leaders would actually care about us is far-fetched, and it's become comical. The people portrayed as villains are the candidates we fight over, 
when in reality, the people who want change are making changes it happen in their communities. They're making change happen in their communities. What should we do with this understanding? We shouldn't fight amongst ourselves, right? This is a crazy world we live in, and it will only make be made worse if we fight each other. Vote the way you feel is best this November. I certainly have my strong opinions there. You can ask me anytime. I'll let you know. And remember that your peers are doing the same thing. Don't think that one candidate has your interests in mind more than the others. I, I do believe that's true. Satire teaches us that those who actually want to help are helping at a much smaller scale. Make the change you want to see happen in your communities. Support those who are striving to make change, even though it might not be the direction you'd like to be. Remember, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was a comedian who played a school teacher on television. Dave ran a temp agency. Mr. Smith was a Boy Scout leader. And we are not in a recession. That's an obvious reference to Kevin Klein playing Dave in the movie Dave. Mr. Smith being played by Jimmy Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Anyway, hope you little hope you enjoyed that little rant. This reminded me that a lot of times we think our government has a lot more control over our lives than we'd you know than they actually do, right? I don't know if it's to try and give us some sort of subconscious form of exoneration of our own actions, right? Which I believe is why God actually does not want us to be ruled by kings. And here's the thing. You see that in the scriptures all the time. You see those in the Book of Mormon, those instances of people who had an opportunity to be a king. Nephi said he specifically didn't want to be a king. Obviously, the sons of Mosiah, all the four, all four of them, gave up the opportunity. We see it in Ether with all the sons of Jared saying, or sorry, all the sons of the brother of Jared saying they don't want to be king. All the sons except for one of Jared saying they don't want to be king. And when that one son decided he would be king, because that was the wish of the people at the time, it says in the scriptures in Ether that that choice was grievous unto brother or the brother of Jared and Jared. So it kind of stands to reason that God really doesn't want us to be ruled by kings because Mosiah actually goes into that huge, he kind of goes in, in the end of Mosiah, he talks about it. When the, when the people want his sons to be king, a king of the Nephites, he's like, you know, it's probably best that we don't do that because the sins need to fall on your own heads. In other words, you need to be responsible for your own actions and they shouldn't fall on the heads of the king. And this is coming from one of the best kings that we have in the Book of Mormon, right? Who served with the people. He took an example from his own father, King Benjamin. So this is what I wanted to share. Because a lot of times we think that the government really does have a lot more control over ourselves, over our fate, than we, than they really do, right? I mean, we need to give ourselves more credit. We need to exercise our agency more. Four sons gave up, gave up an opportunity to be king. What for? in order to share the happiness and joy that they had experienced as a result of their repentance. For only the truly penitent and humble seekers of happiness, as it says in Alma 27.18, are able to experience this type of joy. Perhaps in order to feel this immense amount of joy, you have to first experience a tremendous amount of pain, whether due to your own actions or the actions of others. In a world where men have killed their own siblings for the opportunity to rule and reign, it was the desire that Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni spread the joy of repentance from sin the catalyst of which was the visitation of an angel that had confounded their best friend, Alma the Younger, while they were in the midst of destroying the church, as it says in Mosiah 27.10. But Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni had their perceptions of humanity transformed through their repentance and understanding of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Perhaps it was their zeal for helping people come to the knowledge of whatever they viewed as truthful in the first place as the reason behind their accompaniment of Alma the Younger in his rebellious years. Whatever it may have been, they harnessed the passion they possessed and became empathetic towards the souls of all humanity throughout their repentance, which is manifest, manifested in Mosiah 28.3 with their desire, quote, that salvation should be declared to every creature, for they could not bear that any human 
soul should perish. Yea, even the very thoughts that any soul should endure endless torment did cause them to quake and tremble, end quote. There are likely not a lot of things that can cause someone to quake and tremble. This is representative of a deep-rooted conversion that these men had when concerning the salvation of others. This is an interesting transformation that was initiated by repentance. Why all of a sudden did the sons of Mosiah have the desire for every creature not endure endless torment and not just the souls of which they had facilitated to change from belief to unbelief? Was it their zealous nature that inherently gives them the desire for people to believe what they believe, whether it be right or wrong? I believe it was motivated by the pure love of Christ that they had felt since I experienced the visit from the angel that had confounded their friend and comrade in destruction. In my own personal experience, the best barometer for my own personal relationship with God is reflected by how I feel about my fellow brothers and sisters. I believe empathy follows true repentance because once you have tasted of the bitter fallout of sin, not only do you need never want to experience it again, you truly do not want anyone to suffer in like manner, not even your worst enemy. In fact, the concept of even having an enemy becomes a dwindling and antiquated ideology and the realization that we are all trying to return to God's presence together promotes a more Zionistic mentality that is welcoming to all persons. You could probably tell that I was reading that, something that I had written years ago, under the subject that essentially people, the right, the righteous leaders, the right men, the right women, don't want to be kings when given the opportunity. They actually shirk at that responsibility because they think, you know what, it's best that we just give people the light of Christ, or not give it to them because they have it naturally anyway, but give them the knowledge of the truth of Christ. And the idea of repentance and baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost so that that way they can give themselves the best opportunity at life. It's not going to be dependent on who's running their government, which king is is running their lives. That's never a good scenario to be in. And that's kind of what reminded me of that, is that we often complain about where we're at, right? We're entering a recession. There's no question about that. Inflation is sky high. Unemployment is rising. But what does this all mean? It doesn't really change anything. We're still in control of our own destiny, no matter what. Yeah, we can complain about this all we want. What's the point of that? That's, gonna, that's not going to change our fate. If anything, it's going to compound the issue and make things worse. But we can at least maybe embrace this mentality that, hey, we're in more control than we think we are. So let's start changing things. Let's start doing things differently. Let's start taking action and being maybe, I don't know, 1% better every day. Real quick to everybody, if you could just do me a favor, if you enjoy this podcast, please take a second, follow it, sub- subscribe, I think that's the same thing, leave a review, rate it, all that stuff that really helps me grow in popularity, which obviously that's the goal here, I'm just not going to make any bones about it. Um, it's funny because I've had some progmos, also known as progressive Mormons and ex-Mormons, non-members of the church, liberal people that really hate what I have to say, and so they actually give me bad ratings. So it's kind of funny to see that. I mean, hey, you know what? If I'm not causing that to happen, I guess I'm not doing something right. So that's going to happen. But anyway, if you're new to the show listening, please take a second, rate the podcast, follow the podcast, aka subscribe to the podcast, and leave a review if you feel so inclined. I would greatly appreciate that. Love y'all. I'll catch y'all next week. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching as everything's changing my mind to a different time Old love I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could